views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Christmas is a magical time. Uh, communities obviously come together, uh, whether that be families or wider communities, you know, carol singing or putting up a village's Christmas lights. And uh, Doris, who you'll know well, based here in Limerick, but with a national footprint, has a community sponsorship program that brings people together to help integrate members of the refugee community into our localities so they also benefit from the sense of belonging that being a part of community can bring. And I'm joined now by John Lannan of Durris, uh, the CEO, and two community volunteers, Trish Kiernan and Breed Colton. And you're welcome. Good morning to you. How are you doing? John, so how does this work? Good morning. So Good morning. this is a programme we've been running now for the last couple of years. Um, it's basically a way, as you said, for people to come together to welcome a refugee family to to Ireland and then to support them to build their lives safely here um, with us. Um, practical powerful way to respond to the global refugee crisis. It starts basically with a group of five or more people coming together forming a group. They submit an application to the Department of Children to a unit called the Irish Refugee Protection Programme um, but they can do that with help from ourselves. We're one of four regional support organisations that essentially assist and support the groups that come together to enable community sponsorship. Um, the programme has focused primarily on resettling refugees from Syria um, and those refugees are referred um, from UNHCR which is the UN Refugee Agency and um, sponsorship groups can also support Afghan refugees now who have arrived um, on huma- humanitarian visas that have been provided by the Irish government. So is this about accommodation or is it accommodation plus or is it separate to accommodation in the communities? It's accommodation plus. So it's everything from, um, first of all, preparing the way for, for the family to arrive to ensuring that there is a house there for them, to ensure that there's um, finance there to be able to meet the initial needs that the family have. It's then about supporting them and providing all of the, the wraparound supports and services that the family will need for 18 months. For example, helping to children, to the family to get places for the children in schools and then to just ensure that the children are welcomed and that they're able to settle into the schools over time. Okay. So Trish, tell us a little bit about your involvement, uh, how you got involved and what you do. Well, I never heard about community sponsorship programme until Ahmed, who works for Doris, he's a community uh, sponsorship programme officer there. He um, approached us in Mary Eye. I work in Mary Eye with Breed and he asked us if we wanted to get involved. So I was intrigued and I thought it was a really worthwhile thing. I had heard about the war in Syria. I'd heard about refugees been in uh, refugee camps in Jordan. But I didn't think I could be part of anything that could make a difference. So we called a meeting in Mary Eye. We sent out the feelers and we got 32 people in Mary Eye, student staff who were interested in supporting a family. And then we engaged in training. We got garlic clearance. We had child protection training. Doris was so supportive for us. They made it easy for us, told us what the steps were and we'd come up with a plan to support the family. And we had to fundraise €10,000, which, by the way, 
you know, we did. And it, it really brought us together in Mary Eye as a community. And it wasn't a, an onerous task. It, it really, you know, solidified our bonds in Mary Eye. And we had great fun with the students and staff. So we held quizzes. We held all kinds of things. And then we had to source a house. And again, within our community, somebody knew of a house that was vacant because a lovely person was in a nursing home and their house was vacant. So they offered this house to us and we spent time coming together, doing up the garden, doing up the house, preparing for the family to come. So what's it like then, you know, practically breed and the sort of interaction that you have among yourselves and then with those that you're trying to help? Oh, um, it's wonderful. So we have uh, new friends, um, essentially, is what has happened. So uh, within our group, so Trish mentioned there was 32 of us uh, to begin with. There was uh, 18 of us who... uh, ended up uh, being the final group. Um, So within our group we've gotten to know people within our Mary Eye community that we wouldn't have otherwise known um, and gotten to know them in in a really lovely collegial social aspect but um, also connecting in with the family has been wonderful. Um, Like for each of us we have different relationships with the family have made wonderful friends with them Um, and uh, there's been loads of opportunities so uh, aside from supporting them through uh, the various applications that were needed when they arrived. Um, There's also been loads of opportunities to go on social outings and uh, for their kids, the kids in that family to meet the kids of uh, members of our community group and just create great connections. Yes, the classic it takes a a village to raise a child. (laughs) Exactly, yes. Yes. In this instance. Um, (laughs) The other interesting one I thought, Trish, that you said earlier was that somebody among your group knew of a vacant house. I mean, that is something that would be really difficult for refugees arriving in a locality to know anything about. Absolutely. I mean, it must be bewildering. I often think our family came from Syria, from a city in Syria. And I often think if I were flown into Aleppo today, I have no language. I know nothing about the culture, the traditions, the services, the supports. I would sink And our community sponsorship programme is a gorgeous programme where there's somebody there to meet the family at the airport. Before they come, all kinds of preparations have been made for them. You know, there's food in the fridge in the house. The neighbours are, you know, there to welcome them as well. And I must say the neighbours in Limerick have been fantastic. And the local community dropping in little bars of chocolate, a welcome card. It means the world to a family. And just taking them around the supermarkets, the milk market, you know, the lovely things Limerick has to offer. So on culture night, walking through the city with them, we were so proud of Limerick and the family are delighting and flourishing here in Limerick. So it really does make a difference. It does. And the other interesting point is not just the two of you. um, It is a group of you who are doing this. So obviously that spreads the responsibility to a degree. It spreads a bit of the burden as well because you all have your own lives going on too. And and it plugs into a wider community for the family. Absolutely. Um, One one of the fantastic things about the programme is that each of us who are members of the group underwent training before uh, we were ever approved to uh, support a family. So everybody within that group 
uh, was able to see what was needed, but also to identify what were their individual skills. So we have some people who were wonderful at fundraising and others who are excellent at helping to source English language classes and different things like that. So, yeah, having having a group of people with a diverse set of skills is is really fantastic in, in supporting that family. Right. We're trying to breed Colton and Trish Kiernan who were involved in the community sponsorship programme and uh, Doris who are coordinating it. John Lannan, the CEO of Doris, is uh, with us. So that's an example of a community around a very well-known educational facility in Limerick, Mary Immaculate College, but presumably it applies to all sorts of communities. Absolutely. I mean, any group of people can come together. So we've got examples of um, people who are living in the same town who have um, been able to find a house and have welcomed a family. We've got people who are um, connected through other Kind of networks and other means and have known each other for a number of years who have come together. We have examples of people who just wanted to do something to welcome a refugee family, found others who were of similar mind and came together and formed a group and, and raised the €10,000 that were needed, found, found a house and, and made it happen. So we're always open to um, requests or, or questions from anybody who's interested in the idea, they can contact us um, with an email address community at doris.org and anybody can just make, make contact about it. Is this pilot programme level or is it bigger than that? This is bigger. So this is something that was um, has goes back a number of years. The, the programme originated in Canada where it was very successful. It has spread to lots of parts of the world now. The Irish Refugee Protection Programme have been involved at government level to engage with the UNHCR, to engage with others, to make it happen. Um, we're... Um, very happy to be one, as I said, of four regional support organisations around around the country. Um, and we've been um, doing this now for, for two years in Doris. We've been involved in other forms of refugee resettlement and, of course, and supporting and welcoming people coming through the asylum or international protection process, which is a different means for people to arrive in the country. This programme for community sponsorship is um, for what are called programme refugees who um, get their papers sorted by the government and can arrive but just need that group to be able to help them over the first 18 months. And the other point, I suppose, is it's, you know, the one-to-one interaction makes a massive difference, doesn't it? Because it, it stops the tendency to other people, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, like the the connections that you make with a family is wonderful. So the family that that we're supporting consider themselves Limerick people now um, due to those connections that they have made. Um, It also is is helpful for the members of the group in understanding and recognising the connections we have with human beings all over the world, regardless of uh, context or challenges or background. Um, And it really has that that wonderful sense of connection um, with others. Does it bring a bit of joy then to the group too? We are a very joyful group and we've good reason to be joyful. And Limerick has good reason to be joyful when um, we support refugees coming to our city because our family, we have a fantastic family with very high level of skill set as well that we need in the medical and legal world. And, you know, we, we have just really enjoyed as a group 
supporting somebody, um, another family, seeing them flourish, seeing them come from a situation of war um, and come to enjoy a really positive life in Limerick, a new start for them. And I think Irish people travel all over the world. We love to travel all over the world. And we have a great sense of connection with other people and a great sense of support. And the people in Limerick have great heart. And so we've witnessed that, that generosity, that sense of empathy that Breed was talking about, that it could be me, that my grandmother went to America. She went, you know, all of us have stories mm-hmm. of people who emigrated or who migrated. But the people we are supporting um, as refugees have come under very difficult circumstances, circumstances of war. So it's a really positive thing to be involved in supporting those families and then to have the privilege of getting to know them and see them flourish in Ireland. It's amazing. John, just to ask you about what you would have seen yourself over the last 24 hours and the government's decisions around Ukrainian refugees and uh, benefit reductions um, and concerns about, I think, what has been described as benefit tourism, where the claim is that some Ukrainians are coming to uh, other EU states seeking asylum, but then they're moving here and that there's a pull factor towards us because of what we have. And the Irish Independent suggesting today that the Cabinet believed the fears of breakdown in public support for Ireland's response to the Ukrainian refugee crisis prompted ministers to cut social welfare and limit accommodation for new arrivals and also talk, they say, of a, a further surge in January. What's your sense of all of that? Um I think, first of all, it's important to say that Ireland has done fantastic, great work over the last 18 months, starting with the Department of Children finding accommodation for um, 60,000 people from Ukraine. There's 26,000 international protection applicants also in state provided accommodation. Civil society communities, the length and breadth of Ireland have been fantastic in their welcome for Ukrainians as well. Local authorities have done their, their piece as well. Um, we, we know from the work that we do and we know for research that's been undertaken across Europe that the push factors are more significant than the pull factors when it comes to where um, people escaping from war go to. In other words, it's not the benefits that attract people to Ireland. It's the fact that they have to leave Ukraine as a result of the war, the destruction of their lives um, there. So people still have to leave Ukraine because of the war. They will still arrive in Ireland as the people are from other parts of the world. Um, We're worried that putting a 90-day limit on accommodation could result in many Ukrainians then being homeless because they don't have access to to HAP, to the, the housing um, support that's provided to, to people here in Ireland. They don't have the networks that are necessary to be able to find accommodation. It's really difficult now. I checked the, the, the night before last and there were just over 2,000 properties available for rent across the country and Daft ie so we've been um commended the government for the work they've done and finding temporary accommodation but we've also been quite critical of the fact that they have not provided for the medium to long term there has been no efforts made to move people on from the temporary accommodation that they're already in in hotels and, and other places and, and, and what the about the debate that's going on around our capacity the capacity of the state has a limit. 
we, we need more houses in, in Ireland. So whether it's for um, the 13,000 homeless Irish people, it's for asylum seekers coming from wars and persecution in other parts of the world, or it's people arriving from Ukraine. We need to do more there. We've been very disappointed with the, the government and particularly with the Department of Housing's efforts over the last year and a half. When you look at the number of refurbished buildings that have been brought into use, when you look at the number of rapid build units that have been built, they've only provided beds for about 6,000 people. That's hugely inadequate. We need to ensure that people who come here to, to seek and, um, protection and, and come for, for safety and want to get on with their lives are provided with the means to, to do that. They need to have their basics need met, needs met. They need the accommodation. They need access to English classes. They need to be able to find work, go to um, the education, engage in further education and get on with their lives here in Ireland. Because the people who arrive here, whether it's from Ukraine or any other parts of the world, as refugees want to contribute in Ireland. They want to be part of the community. And I have to say, the majority of Irish people, as we were saying, we're talking about the community sponsorship programme, feel that way as well. It's just unfortunate that we have small numbers of people who are um, promoting anti-immigrant rhetoric now and and are spreading lies and, and misinformation. Okay, well, listen, thank you very much for coming in to us this morning. All three of you, John Lannan, CEO of Doris and uh, community volunteers, Trish Kiernan and Reid Colton, and get involved if it's something that has piqued your interest by contacting Doris and they will point you in the right direction, as they say. Thank you and a very happy Christmas to the three of you. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.